Welcome to the weekly sermons and studies podcast at First Baptist. Today's speaker is our senior pastor, Dr. Jeff Reynolds. Let's pray. Lord, we confess that there are things that exist that are too lofty for us to understand. There are things that exist of which we do not even know. And Lord, we confess that the secret things belong to you. You are God over all. You are infinite, and you know more than we do. In fact, so many times when we think we know, we find out we, we really had no idea. So, Lord, we praise you as our infinite and amazing God, but we also praise you as the one who has revealed so many things to us. For your word tells us that the hidden things belong to you, but the revealed things belong to us and our children forever. And so now, as we turn to your revelation through your holy word, which we believe is absolutely and unequivocally true, we pray that you would use your word in the presence and power of your Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts. Lord, let us leave this experience different, having been transformed by the renewing of our minds to be more like Jesus. For it's in his precious and holy name that we pray, amen. Well, there are some people in the Bible that are named but relatively unknown. We know their names, but we don't know much about their story. And I think that's really a beautiful thing, this juxtaposition of being named and yet unknown. Uh, That sentiment's kind of captured by an 18th century Christian leader and theologian, Nicholas Ludwig von Zinzendorf. Many people could know him as Count Zinzendorf. But he's famous for saying, preach Christ, die, and be forgotten. And that's really what the Christian life is about. We are to proclaim the excellencies of Jesus Christ. And so this idea that there are Christian celebrities is kind of new in the world. Uh, The celebrity is Jesus, and the rest of us point to Him and say, look at Him. Magnify Him. In fact, part of being a Christian is embracing the call that John the Baptist himself embraced when he said, Jesus must increase and I must decrease. That's the story of the Christian life, and so that's what we do. Well, this woman that we know her name, but we don't know much else about her, I think is probably just fine with the notion that we don't know much else about her. As she is in glory today, I am sure that she is thankful that her life was used to magnify Jesus. But the thing about it is, we know more about her than we might think we do. Her name is Salome. Now, in the Greek, the accent is on the middle syllable, so it's Salome. But just like when I'm in the Holy Land and I'm talking about Mount Carmel, I go ahead and translate that into South Central Kentucky ease to Mount Carmel. You know, is that okay? So we're going to translate Salome into South Central Kentucky ease, Salome. How's that? We could go so far as to call her Aunt Sally, and maybe that's who all the math teachers were telling us to excuse all those years ago. Just wanted to see if you're awake this Sunday morning. But we won't go that far. We'll call her Salome, and we're going to hear her story. And I'd like for us first to look to Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15, verses 40 and 41. We'll come back to these verses later in the, in the message, but... This will help us to see who Salome is. If you're in the room, the Pew Bible in front of you, which is the red book, that is page 853. We're at the cross of Jesus. Mark records as he's carried along by the Holy Spirit. 
that there were also women looking on from a distance, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James the younger, and of Joseph and Salome. When he, Jesus, was in Galilee, they followed him and ministered to him. And there were also many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. Our theme for today is that Salome decided to follow Jesus, and her life was transformed. Salome decided to follow Jesus, and her life was transformed. Well, to learn a little bit more about who she is, turn with me to John chapter 19 and verse 25. If you're in the Red Pew Bible, that is page 905. John chapter 19, verse 25. Again, just one verse and not a whole lot of detail, but here's what John records. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Our first point today is this. Salome followed Jesus to a new bond. Salome followed Jesus to a new bond. So we know that she's at the cross. We're going to talk more about that in just a moment, but we know that she is there. And part of the beauty of having four gospels is that we get to see different aspects of the same stories. We get to see different perspectives. You know, I was involved in a little fender bender this Friday. I'm fine. Everybody's fine. No big deal. Uh, just one of those things that happens. But you know what's interesting is as we were talking to the police officer, there were different perspectives of the same incident. Can you imagine? And then when the little girl's daddy showed up, there was a whole new perspective that emerged. It's crazy. But you know that eyewitnesses of the same event can share different perspectives of that same event, can't they? Well, the gospel writers coming together, some people have said, why do we have four gospels? Why isn't it just one? Because God in his wisdom said, we need all these different perspectives. And so when we look at the cross and the women who were there at the cross from the perspectives of both the synoptic gospel writers and John, what do we see? Well, we learn some things about these women. We know that Salome was the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and we know that Salome was therefore the wife of Zebedee. And so we know a little bit more about her than we think we do. Even though her name is mentioned only twice in the whole Bible, we know more about Salome than we thought we did. She's Zebedee's wife. But there are many theologians who believe that not only is she Zebedee's wife, she's also the Virgin Mary's sister which would give her a very unique relationship to Jesus, wouldn't it? That would mean that James and John are Jesus' cousins, and that would mean that Salome really is Aunt Sally to Jesus. Now, I never want you to take my word for it. Let me, let me read to you the interpretations of some people who are smarter than me. This is not written in stone. This is, you know, it's just a possibility based on what we have in John chapter 19. So, Andreas Kostenberger, who's a professor at the Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, writes, Jesus' mother's sister may be Salome, the mother of the sons of Zebedee, mentioned in Matthew and Mark. Michael Wilkins, who's a professor at the Talbot School of Theology at Biola University, says Salome was not only the mother of the sons of Zebedee, but she was also in all probability the sister of Mary, Jesus' mother, so that James and John were in fact Jesus' cousins. 
And then Francis Vanderveld, who wrote Women of the Bible in 1957, says this, Salome was the sister of the Virgin Mary. Though all do not agree that she was, a comparison of Matthew 27, 55 through 56 and John 19, 25 makes this relationship quite certain. That made Jesus Salome's nephew, John and James his cousins, and it was Uncle Zebedee who owned the big fishing business. This relationship may be the reason for bringing his family, friends, and widowed mother to Capernaum in John chapter 2, verse 12. So, here's the deal. Salome may or may not have been Mary's sister. Salome may or may not have been Jesus' aunt. James and John may or may not have been Jesus' cousins, but we do know this, that James and John were two-thirds of the inner three for Jesus, Peter, James, and John. And when Salome began to follow Jesus as one of his disciples, but also ministering to him, probably out of the family business, they had probably made a dollar or two catching fish. She was either his aunt and the mother of his cousins, or at the very least, the mother of two of his closest friends. So Salome had a close relationship with Jesus. Salome at least was close to people who were very close to him. But something had to happen. Regardless of her natural connections to Jesus, regardless of the fact that she was two of his best friend's mom, regardless of the fact that she may have been his mother's sister and therefore his aunt, she had to come to a new relationship with Jesus. There had to come a moment for her when those natural connections were essentially irrelevant, and she had to decide, is Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God? Because if he is, then it doesn't matter that I'm his aunt or his best friend's mama. What matters is that I surrender myself to him. And you know, the same is true for all of us. I cannot tell you in this part of the country how many people, when I'm talking to them about Jesus, want to tell me about their uncle who was a preacher, or their grandmama who was at the church every time the doors were open, or whatever connection they might have to Jesus through natural means? Well, all of us have to do the same thing Salome did. We have to set aside those natural connections and ask this question. Do I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, for myself? And if I believe that, am I willing to allow that truth to transform my life by not only affirming that, but receiving Jesus Christ as my own personal Lord and Savior? You know, Jesus may have been Salome's kid's friend, or she may have been his aunt. He was her nephew, potentially. But she had to set all of that aside because what eternity hinges on is not that natural connection. It's her surrendering to his lordship in her life, and she did that. So she followed Jesus to a new bond. It wasn't about the natural connections. It was about the supernatural invasion of her life with God in flesh who had come to dwell among her. So, we, we thought we didn't know anything about her. Well, she could have been remarkably close to Jesus. Some of you in this room have been to the childhood home of Mary with me. 
You may have been to Salome's house before. How about that? But Salome had to make a decision. Is Jesus just this connection, or is he Lord? And all of us have to make that decision too. Because when we stand before God in judgment, we won't say, well, my grandmama was at the church every time the doors were open, or I had a great uncle who was a preacher. That won't matter. I have children whom I love very much, but when they stand before God in judgment, they won't say, my daddy's a preacher, and that's enough to get me into heaven. In fact, their daddy being a preacher isn't even enough to get him into heaven. Every individual has to decide, is Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God? And beyond that, will I turn away from my life of sin to receive him personally as my Lord? That's what Salome did, and she gave us quite an example in so doing. Well, now turn with me to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20, we're going to look at verses 20 through 28, and this may be uh, the most embarrassing thing that's recorded about Salome in the Bible. We know that Salome is the mother of James and John, the wife of Zebedee, and we know that the mother of James and John had a request of Jesus. So let's read about it. If you're in the Red Pew Bible, this is page 825. Matthew, a saved tax collector, records these things as he's carried along by the Holy Spirit, saying this, Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her sons, and kneeling before him, she asked him for something. And he said to her, What do you want? She said to him, Say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. Jesus answered, You do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am able to drink? They said to him, we are able. He said to them, you will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. And when the ten heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus called them to him and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Our second point is that Salome followed Jesus to a new meekness. Salome followed Jesus to a new meekness. Now, within the context of this passage, Jesus has recently been talking about how the twelve will sit on twelve thrones, judging the tribes of Israel judging the world. And so maybe it's within this context, but can't you just see Salome, particularly if she's Jesus' aunt, as things are starting to come to a head, saying to her boys, hey, come on, boys. We've been talking about this. Let's make it happen. And maybe it's Aunt Sally who comes up and says, Jesus, I need to have a word for you. And she goes over and her boys come with her because this is their request, but they're the sons of thunder so much that they need their mommy to make this request for them. And she says, uh, I want you to do something for me. And Jesus says, what's that? She says, well, when you come into your glory, I want my sons to sit in the two most prominent places that are available in your kingdom. It's a big request, frankly. And Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking. Now, the you is plural in the Greek. So he's talking to Salome and James and John. You don't know what you're asking. And then he says, do you, are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? 
They said, yeah, we're able to do that. Now, who knows what they were thinking, but I'm pretty sure they weren't thinking it was the cup of suffering. The cup Jesus would drink soon would be the cup of suffering on an old rugged cross. And it was true. Jesus said, you will drink the cup that I drink. You know, James was the first apostle to be martyred. And John wasn't martyred, but he was exiled to Patmos where he received and wrote the Revelation that is the last book of our Bible. So yeah, they suffered. But Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking. You will drink the same cup that I drink, but to sit at my right and left, that's, that's not for me to decide. My Father has determined that already. And then he uses Salome's question and the intention of James and John to teach the disciples a lesson. Don't seek greatness. Humble yourselves before Almighty God, and God will raise you up. Jesus didn't come seeking greatness. He came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And we are to follow him, our foot-washing Savior. And you say, well, wait a minute, Mark didn't record the Salome was there. It said just James and John came up. And so, again, you're getting different perspectives. And there's no doubt that Salome was acting as their agent, acting on their behalf. And so working on their behalf with them there, it all works together. We get a fuller picture of what happened. But what did Salome and James and John all have to do? They had to humble themselves. It's not about how great we are. But no, the first will be last, the last will be first. And if you want to be great in the kingdom of heaven, then you serve. Whom do you serve? Anybody you have a chance to serve. You serve to the glory of Almighty God. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Salome followed Jesus to a new meekness. Well, now turn with me to Mark chapter 15, verses 40 and 41. That's where we started, page 853. And again, just these two verses. But remember where we are. We are at Calvary. There were also women looking on from a distance, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and the, James the younger, and of Joseph and Salome. When he was in Galilee, they followed him and ministered to him. And there were also many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. Our third point, Salome followed Jesus to a new ache. To a new ache. There she is, standing next to the mother of Jesus, who might have been her sister, watching Jesus die. And it wasn't just death. It was the most humiliating public execution ever contrived. It was pure torture. The point of crucifixion was Rome saying, don't mess with us. You might end up like this if you do. So here's Salome standing alongside the mother of Jesus, standing alongside the other women, standing alongside only one of the apostles, her son John, her boy James couldn't be there. All the rest of them had scattered. John was there, and the women were there. Is anybody surprised? No. And she's looking upon Jesus, 
the one to whom she has devoted her life, the one about whom she has now answered the question, I believe that you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. You're not just my boy's friend. You're not just potentially my nephew. You are the Christ. And can you imagine the hurt that she was feeling in that moment? The ache, the absolute ache, the sorrow of watching Jesus die. She heard Jesus say to her son, hey, take care of my mom too. And she very gladly was willing for John to take care of Mary, even though John was her son. It had to hurt. It had to be a hurt that she had not known until this point, and yet she was there. You know, as we follow Jesus living in a fallen world, we, um, we all have the experience of being introduced to an ache. John 16, 33, Jesus said, In this world you will have tribulation. Salome is experiencing that tribulation now. But she's there. Because where else would she be? And even though it hurts, she has to know that God has a purpose even in this. Well, Salome didn't go away. Look to the next chapter. Verse 1 of chapter 16. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back, and it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Our fourth and final point today is this. Salome followed Jesus to a new joy. Salome followed Jesus to a new joy as she and the other women went to the tomb very early in the morning on the first day of the week because they were going to anoint the body of Jesus properly. He had to be buried hurriedly on Friday. Now on Sunday morning, they were going to do the job right. He deserved that. After all he had done and how terribly he had been treated, he deserved at least that. So there they went. And they're talking about the logistics. Can you imagine a group of women trying to figure out the logistics on the way? Does that make sense to anybody? Who's going to roll away the stone? There's stuff to be done. And they get there, and the stone's already rolled away. And the angel says to them, for the first time, the angel delivers to these women the news that would change the world and eternity. He is not here. He is risen. They proclaimed to Salome and the other women that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. 
and then commissioned them to go tell the story. You know, there were so many times in Salome's life where I'm sure she thought she had Jesus figured out. And although she thought she knew, so many times she had no idea. But every time that the new reality of the bigness of Jesus was revealed to her, she trusted and followed him. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time. We'd love to connect with you. Just email connect at firstbaptistbg.org or call 270-842-0331.